0: A fairy tale land of pine-veiled valleys, gothic fortresses, and villages untouched by time. Transylvania is an Eastern European region shrouded in legend and mystery.
1: Well, I just can't understand it. Why, Dora, we
2: all know German people. Some of us have German friends. Look at the Bensingers. They're as nice as anybody could be.
0: Hey there, Rodbo here. Sadly... I will not be here for this week's episode of Do Not Resuscitate. I'm on a top secret mission that requires my undivided attention. But what I can tell you is it's not taking place in either Transylvania or Kentucky. I'll be back next week. In this video, we are learning about Kentucky. That's right. We are going to learn all about Kentucky. Chicken pot, chicken pie, chicken pie pie.
1: Well, from the land of smoky skies and ongoing remote schools, I'm Dave. And Rod is not here this week. He is on a top-secret mission. It's so top-secret, he wouldn't even tell me what it is. So I have no idea what he's doing. But joining us in his place, all the way from Arizona, Phoenix, I believe. You don't have any smoke down there, do you? It's Tim Price. Oh, no, we don't have...
2: Well, I mean, we do, because we have wildfires. Um, so we have that kind of smoke. And it's it's funny, people think that uh, we have really nice weather when it rains during like the spring and winter winter months and then it's like no, no, that's really bad because then everything grows summer <laughs> hits. We go about three months of over a hundred degrees every single day and then like there's a, a one that just started up in uh, Cave Creek, which is maybe about an hour away from me and it was a guy welding mm. the gate to his driveway. That's all it took was one little spark to uh, basically burn down half of cave Creek. Hey, so at least we do have smoke.
1: <laughs> at least it wasn't a general reveal party.
2: Oh yeah. I, I heard about that one. What a, what, you think the kid is cursed now?
1: Uh, well, I mean, won't is I'm assuming his parents are going to go to prison, right?
2: Do they send people to prison in California?
1: Well, that's true. Yeah. So maybe, well, if they're Republicans, they will.
2: That's no, that see, there we go. Yeah. So, so I don't know. Um I don't know what will happen to that poor kid. Yeah. Um, maybe his parents will just keep it as like a deep hidden secret so that the child <laughs> will never know.
1: And then someday like me, he'll buy a newspapers.com subscription and he'll be scrolling through the day he was born and <laughs> see. All like that. no.
2: <laughs> right. Wow. And then all of the dots will connect and they'll be like, this is why my life is the way it is. Yes. It's because of my, My ridiculous parents, who in the gender reveal party, decided to burn down half the state of California.
1: I um, I guess they could have sold their souls to Mephistopheles, and maybe the kid turns out to be, you know, fabulously wealthy and famous for nothing and, you know, very Kardashian.
2: That's always an option. It's always an option to pawn one of your kids off on a uh, Hollywood celebrity like Madonna or mm-hmm. Angelina Jolie. Although I think they prefer, you know, certain skin color babies over others. Isn't that called racist, by the way?
1: Well, is it? Yeah, no, I mean, not, okay.
2: not in these days.
0: Already knowing your answer, I'm going to ask,
1: don't do what?
2: Make this a weird racial thing. <laughs> Fantastic.
1: So... I uh, was telling Tim before the show, a couple of days ago before the show, um, what what Rod and I like to do is we like to pick a news story that maybe we try to find something that everybody else isn't talking about because this is a weekly show. And, you know, if if we were to sit here and bitch about Trump or Biden or whatever, make fun of Kamala Harris's name that Tim can't say, uh, those kinds of things, it would get dull real quick. So we try to find stuff that relates to what we're talking about in the news that other people aren't seeing and i came across the story this week that when i sent it to tim his his immediate response his immediate ejaculation was i hate the aclu in all capital letters with exclamation points so i gotta start there why do you misre-
2: ha- misrepresenting me i don't think it was in all caps and why i think you- it only had one exclamation point
1: <laughs> why do you hate the aclu
2: Well, I I suppose I don't, but it's just every story I hear from them nowadays is just something over the top and ridiculous. You know, an organization that started off in defending civil liberties is now going out of its way to try to cancel free speech and get people kicked off campuses or kicked off TV and uh, defending some pretty bizarre behavior. And, you know, if you're a civil libertarian, then I like that. But I feel like they've just kind of gone off track, especially since Donald Trump has become president and uh, they just can't uh, can't help themselves from attacking anyone who supports him,
1: which is where we're going with all of this. For those of you who don't remember him, Nick Sandman was admitted to a major university this past week, and this caused the ACLU and the university itself to basically wet themselves because... How dare a college, a major college in Kentucky, admit a major college? You knew that, right? You knew that this was a big I didn't know that
2: it was a major college. I had not heard of that college before reading this news story, no.
1: I doubt seriously anybody that hasn't been to Kentucky has ever heard of Transylvania University. And no, I am not making that up. Transylvania University
2: right well you know who the dean is dracula obviously
1: did you even know there was such a place as transylvania that's a real place by the way
2: i didn't i didn't always know that but i do i mean i've i've known it for for years but i didn't always know that it was a real place yeah so i wonder how the people there i don't know do they just embrace the whole vampire theme just go
1: with it at this point if it's anything like the rest of the world um they embrace the tourism element of it. it. They can get Americans to come over there and give them money to come see Dracula's castle. (sighs) (laughs) The only place in the world I've ever been. That's not like that. And it is a tourist trap. Don't get me wrong. But like Westminster Abbey in London, it's a tourist trap, but they don't charge you to get in there. So they don't really care. And, And they're not impressed with your American accent at all. And no, you, no, why
2: would, why would they be?
1: Well, when you stand in that place, I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you ever go to London, for my money, the only thing worth going to was Westminster Abbey. And I remember standing there. Okay, so this was my previous marriage. You got to understand that. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I'm standing in Westminster Abbey. I'm standing in Poet's Corner. Okay. Dylan Thomas is buried here. Isaac Newton is over there. Elizabeth the First is back in the room. But ba- I mean- the luminaries that lie here are amazing. My hands are on the ossuary that holds the remains of Jeffrey Chaucer. Okay. That's how important this place is to somebody like me, especially who understands all those things. My, my former wife, uh, I turn around. Can you, I, I, my intention was to say to her, have you ever had an experience like this? I mean, This is both religious and emotional. And to me, this was the pinnacle of of sightseeing in my world. Number one, it didn't cost me anything. And number two, I'm standing at Jeffrey Chaucer's grave. Okay. Mm Canterbury Tales. I turned around to say this to to my former wife. And she's looking at me like, Are you on another planet or something? And before I can open my mouth and say a word, she turns around to the tour guide. Now, remember, this was in 1997. She turns around to the tour guide and says, so where was Alton John's piano during Princess Di's funeral?
2: You don't need to go into details about why she's your ex. Yeah,
1: well, that's only one. That's not even the reason. So, so there you go. Anyway, trans- for my money, Transylvania. I, I don't have any interest in going to Transylvania, but I have been to Kentucky on several occasions. I like Kentucky. It's a beautiful state.
0: Yeah. Absolutely.
1: That's um it is really uh for the eastern states, which are basically flat and corn intensive, where the real Americans live like Josh Carter um and Bryce Dial Dealy. How do you say his last name? Bryce Dial. I don't I don't I don't know, you don't know honestly.
2: Well, I, I no you I, I was there. like... No, I'm a friend of Josh, and Bryce is a friend of Josh, and we just I think we met once right. um, and that was about it. He's a nice guy got yeah. along
1: with him right oh, yeah well. we, we, we had a long discussion today about flat corn intensive Midwest states. Anyway, the point is that Kentucky <laughs> is these rolling green hills and just it's not mountains and there's no ocean, but it's it's everything else that you would ever want in a state. But in that state is located Transylvania University, which until this week, Literally, nobody outside of Kentucky, I think, or people who, for whatever reason, went there uh, knew because I I knew there was a such thing, but I didn't know where I'd I'd heard about them, But
2: yeah, I hadn't I hadn't even heard of Transylvania University, Um, certainly not in Kentucky, but uh, it's like, oh, oh, Nick's. why is this a news story? Why is because the chair? care?
1: Nick Sandman <laughs> has been admitted to Transylvania University. Don't you understand? This is earth shattering. This is the kind of thing, Tim, I can't believe you don't understand. This is the kind of thing that will shake civilization down to its core because <clears throat> Nick Sandman. And people are scratching their heads right now trying to go, Nick, who was admitted yeah, mo- <laughs> to Transylvania University? where exactly
2: exactly and it's it's funny that no one would care and this wouldn't be a news story except for this one guy making whoever's complaining about this they make it a news story and it's like no one was outraged because no one even knew what was happening they all forgot about nick sandman they don't know where trans transylvania university is they don't care about it i mean nick Sandman is last year's news or two well, years last, ago last I, don't even remember.
1: I mean he was a speaker at the RNC didn't didn't you watch the Republican National Convention I mean I didn't but I no
2: I, I think I was going to but then I uh didn't yeah no I didn't watch the RNC I probably watched more of the DNC um the Democrat convention than I did the republicans. Uh, I mean yeah. I watched I watched Trump's speech at the end and um you know a few of the more interesting ones but uh no I don't I Nick Sandman, who cares? Who cares? And it's like well no one would care unless you constantly remind them about Nick Sandman. Right. So, so I didn't,
1: I didn't watch any of it except for the weird music video that the DNC had. I didn't I didn't watch a single minute of it other than that. Or do I? I don't. I don't. <laughs> so they did this weird musical video. To they, they brought in the guy from Buffalo Springfield, and I'm sorry, I've forgotten his name right now, which might be before your time. But yes, Buffalo Springfield had had one really big hit, a song called "For What It's Worth," and nobody knows the name of the song. They all know the sa- the song as "There's Somebody Over There." there's a man with a gun over there telling me I got to, but you better to stop children. What's that sound? Everybody here. What's going on? Oh. It's the only yeah, song yeah, yeah. they ever had a big hit with. And they brought him back to play the guitar. And then they had this black guy who's apparently a, a really good singer. And I, I did listen to some of his other stuff and he was sing the song. And then they green screened it over some really 1960s. Just <laughs> it's like, if you turn it off, if you turn off the video and just listen to the music, it's it's actually not bad But watching that video is like, dude, am I on acid? Well, that was
2: their whole convention was kind of surreal just because some of the speeches were recorded live, Mm -hmm. but with no audience. Some of them were um, like pre-recorded and then an audience was like buzzed in. I think in one, I don't know if maybe it was the RNC or the DNC, it was, but there was no audience, but the speaker paused after every sentence, like <laughs> expecting people to go woo from their televisions at home. It's just like, what are we doing?
1: Well, is I mean, this, sports are, are these people?
2: That? Are they serious? Like, you're running for the most powerful position in the world, and you, your convention is a series of Zoom calls.
1: Well, I mean, why it's not? It is 2020. I mean, uh,
2: well, I mean, why not? You know, the coronavirus is a farce. Yeah. I mean, that's one reason, but you know, uh, we won't get into that yet. So, the,
1: the Major League Baseball people, I was talking about this a couple weeks ago with Rod, is that uh, I was watching the Dodger game one afternoon and guy hits a ball out the left field, hits a home run to left field, right? Mm-hmm. And as you're following the ball from the home plate camera, you know, that high camera that they show you the action from. There's fans in the stands cheering. I'm like, what the hell? Nobody can go to these games. And right. number two, why are they cheering? It's the other team hitting a home run. And then they cut to one of the side cameras and there's nobody there. They were digitally inserting fans into the outfield. And I'm right. like, come on. They're doing the same thing it's- at the RNC and the DNC.
2: Yeah, well, they, I think in San Francisco for the 49ers games, which, of course, they're not allowing fans to be at them either, but you can still buy a ticket yeah. and you can have a cardboard cutout of yourself placed in a seat at Levi's Stadium. Yeah, a lot of teams. You can't go, but they'll put a cardboard right. cutout of you. They do that uh, here. Um, you know,
1: the Mariners do that here. You can pay $30, bucks; they will put your cardboard up. Now, granted, it's all going to charity. The team's not keeping any of the money, so th- there's that. But th- they're proud of the fact that up here the Seattle Mariners – are like the number 1 team in the world for this. They've sold like 35,000 of these things. And I'm like I wouldn't pay $30 to go to a Mariners game. I'm not sure i to, right. to send That Anyway, Nick Sandman. For those of you who don't remember Nick Sandman, he was the young Covington kid that got into the confrontation with the Native American, veteran Native American who turned out to be as I recall lying about being a veteran or right. at least at least embellishing his tale.
2: Yeah, well, him being a veteran of the Vietnam War was him being a veteran of protesting against the Vietnam War.
1: That doesn't So count. he didn't
2: actually... N- no, no, no. You actually have to be like in the military to be considered a veteran. Um, but he lived through the Vietnam War era, so he considered himself a veteran of well, that era.
1: Well, there you go. I mean, that works for me. Anyway, the news made a big deal about these Covington kids tormenting this guy, and it turned out to be exactly the opposite because... lo and behold, and this is what I said on my show the other day, there's video cameras everywhere, everything. There's no way that there are anonymous sources anymore because there's videos everywhere. And it turned out there were more videos of this that got amazingly enough released that showed that basically the, the old guy was actually the problem. Except for the Covington kid, Nick Sandman, wearing a Make America Great Again hat and like most teenagers do anyway, having an obnoxious, sarcastic smile on his face.
2: Of course. Right. Which is, you know, the kids are standing there waiting for a bus to pick them out. At least that's how I recall the story. Um, A lot of them are wearing MAGA hats, which is, eh, you know, I don't really care. I mean, I didn't vote for the guy, but if you like him and you like the hats and you want to, you know, go for it. Um, And I think it's good that kids are kind of, already getting interested in politics when they're not even old enough to vote. So it's like, all right, well, I don't agree with him yet, but at least he's sparked an interest in what's going on in his country, because it is important and people should pay attention to it. And then across the street, what were they called? The black Israelites?
1: Yes. That the were um, Israelites.
2: marching yeah. the black Israelites yeah. or, some, or whatever it was. Right. and They are like, you know, hurling insults at these high school kids for the only reason that the high school kids are white and support Donald Trump. And then um, from out of nowhere, it appeared this um, Vietnam war protest veteran, uh, a native American, <laughs> or at least that's what he claimed has a hand drum and he just pounds it and walks straight up to Nick Stan- Nick Sandman. And Nick's, I don't know what Nick was supposed to do. He stood there politely. He smiled. I don't think it was really that much of like, you know, like a pompous grin. It's kind of like almost like an embarrassment. Like, you know, in like some countries they'll smile when they're embarrassed. That's kind of the it's way very I. Took nice yes. it's very nice country.
1: Yes, is very nice country. Yeah, Like he wasn't
2: laughing at them. He was just try trying to keep his composure, and one of the best ways to do that is just to uh, like uh, smile and remain still. Don't say anything. Yep. Which is what he did. And, and they, of course, they only caught the little clip right. of this kid standing up to this native American. When in reality, when we see the whole clip in context, you see that the kids were being intimidated by him. Right.
1: And in context being the key here. So after all of that, Nick Sandman sued CNN and the Washington post and, and those cases got settled. So now he has a lot of money and using that money. He going to, he's going to translate. What do you get? Like 250 grand. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's more like $2 million or something. He got a lot of freaking money for this. And so he's going to spend that money going to Transylvania University in Kentucky, which has tremendously upset one of the professors at Transylvania University and a guy by the name of Samuel Crankshaw, which I am absolutely convinced is a complete fake name. Samuel Crankshaw is the director of media something or other for ACLU Kentucky, and he is not happy... That, that Nick Sandman is going to Transylvania University. And I'm like, number one, is that your real name? Because <laughs> really, have you seen his picture? I mean, his picture is ridiculous.
2: I, I read the post that he wrote, but I, I guess I I couldn't uh, click and zoom in on his uh, profile picture. I'm not good I with show you. you because
1: this guy, there is no way in hell that this guy is real. I, it's just not uh, of course now is see more Dave click on see more there we go. see more butts um no and now I got to figure out how to now I got to figure out how to share this so hang on one second this uh, is not uh, oh hang let's on see let's see I, I, got I got it I got it I got it I got it I don't got it don't uh, got it. don't got it. there, there we can, go there I we go I, I got it, it. I got it so there it is so it should be on your screen now so this guy right here Samuel Crankshaw that's his picture right there. Oh. and There's no way in hell. Communications associate. That's what it says. And there's no way. I'm just not buying that this is legit. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not. His pronouns are him, him, he, him, and his, by the way. And uh, his work primarily focuses on designing outreach materials, managing digital outreach, and documenting their work with photos and videos. He's, he wants to... Educate the general public about civil liberties issues in Kentucky, because I guess there's a lot of those. I don't know. What the hell do I know about anything? But yeah, that's
2: that's
1: he might be real. Come on, man, that picture. I mean, if that's your picture, you put it on your Facebook page and his Facebook page picture is it appears to me to be a picture of Nick Sandman. But I don't. It, it's hard to tell because it's. it's oh not, well, he
2: he could have he could have yeah. done something like that just to. Uh, but make sure everyone remembers furious. who he's talking about.
1: Right, he's furious about this kid being admitted, to, to Transylvania University. And again, I'm not making that name up. He he makes a Facebook post page Facebook page post about how, he himself, crankshaft crankshaw sorry, is quote unquote. Exp- using his First Amendment rights to express his opinion about Transylvania University admitting Nick Sandman. Right. But, but he wants Nick Sandman to know that he's watching here. I got my eyes on you. And if you do anything, I'm going to be right there to tell everybody what it is. Because... Now, does
2: Crankshaw attend Transylvania no. University himself?
1: No. No, he does not. How does, how does he know that Nick well, Sandman is there? I mean, he got his B.A. from there. And you ready oh, okay. for this? So he's an alumna. Right. He got his BA from Transylvania in right. international affairs and stay away for it here. French language and literature with a minor in studio art. Yeah. I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, yeah. But he's uh, he's not happy that Nick Sandman has been admitted to to his, uh, to his alma mater. Now, my questions are many. Oh, by the way, he referred to, to Nick Sandman as quote, a provocateur in training.
2: Right. Yes. And then he, at, at the end of his post, he compared him to Milo Yiannopoulos, except he's worse. I'm thinking Milo Yiannopoulos hasn't been relevant for two years. Like you're bringing up Milo Yiannopoulos. Like, I haven't heard that name in such a long time because he's become irrelevant. And Nick Sandman would also be irrelevant were it not for people constantly bringing him up. Like Sam dislike Crankshaft. dislike him. Yes, yes,
1: like Crankshaft. So, Which you say in French as Samuel Crankshaft, I guess. I don't know. With your hands right <laughs> So the whole thing of this thing intrigued me and it grabbed my attention because of this provocateur in training remark. And so I could have sworn that somewhere along in my life, Tim, I saw a movie called Agent Provocateur, or it may have been a show within a show. And so, like uh, like How I Met Your Mother, where, where Robin was on another show, and they would always talk about the other show, and those kinds of things. And, and, sure. And, and, and I remember this distinctly, Agent Provocateur, as being this thing that they were making fun of because the whole idea of an agent provocateur it's very world war 1ish i mean it really is you know the hun behind every blade of grass it's it's just it, it really is if you think about it it's kind of silly okay right and so yeah,
2: well i th- people have been using that term more regularly now that uh, the roger stone documentary comes out yeah. and he refers to himself as an agent provocateur And it's like, well, is he? Well, Well, yeah, but that's not like there's a big difference between like a guy who's been a political operative for four years, pulling lots of dirty tricks and things behind the scenes and uh, Nick Sandman, who did nothing.
1: Right. But he's in training, like literally he's in training,
2: training, but what is his training? Does Transylvania have a provocateur
1: (laughs) program? I don't know. But more importantly, Given the idea that universities are bastions for liberal indoctrination, wouldn't they be welcoming somebody like Nick Salmon to to Transylvania University? Because now they're going to have the opportunity to
2: teach him the right
1: way, to mold him. Right. Yeah, you would would think. But I think
2: they're just like, no, he's a lost cause. And if he comes onto the campus, he might turn people away from us. Right. By the way, Roger
1: Stone is not an agent provocateur. Do you know how I know that? (laughs) Now I know. How's that? Do you have a computer, Handy? Uh, I can. Google just the two words agent provocateur. Oh, okay. And you'll quickly understand why why I'm not advising a lot of people to do that. Oh. <laughs>
2: That's a lingerie
1: company. Yeah, a French lingerie company, as a matter of fact, which makes me wonder why Crankshaw that was about it. Because his, his French literature hmm. studies and it's, it's interesting. Uh, you notice how there's nothing there about Roger Stone, right? It's uh, you, page after page. Of, page after page. I've got to bookmark this for
2: later, by the yeah.
1: well, I'm not <laughs> suggesting anybody else do that, but that's how I know. So it, it, the question here that I'm left with, Tim, or Rod, if you're listening, um, what is, how would I, the... Both the university professor who made his comments, he had to walk his back. He had to, he had to make a big apology because the university basically said, hey, dumbass, uh, this guy is paying to come here and you're making threats. And so his apology was to the effect of, yes, but I, I watch all students the same way. I, I, I monitor and report on all students the same way. So I didn't mean to, to single out Nick Sandman as someone that I would that I would spy on and report if need be, because I do that with all the students. Every student here, I spy on. Does he on name and, all of them too? No, not by name. but no. okay. But that's what he says. I shouldn't have pointed him out by name, because I right. spy on all the students, and I report all the students who, dispro- do, who displease me. So, right. So that was the apology from the staff. Um. Craig Shaft wrote a Facebook post that is borderline psychotic in my view, but basically it says I have a First Amendment right to say he shouldn't be allowed to go there because yeah, I went there. Yeah, that's true. But, but Nick Salmon doesn't have a First Amendment right to- Go there. To go there or be himself right. or anything else. It's like <laughs> right. First Amendment for me, not for thee. Yes. Do you feel like we're seeing more of that? Do you feel like that's become- the last refuge of a tyrant as as one of the framers once said this idea that I can control your rights that I have for mine. I can get my haircut, but you can't, I can go to my riot, but you can't go to church. Do you see more and more of that? Do you feel like that's.
2: I, 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 I see more and more of it. Um, you know, just cause you watch the news and you hear things and you talk to people. And most of the people that I talk to on a regular basis are not, you know, political, um, you know, people like you and I, where we just kind of study the stuff, Uh, but everybody sees it. Everybody knows what's going on and there is a lot of it. And it's like, well, is there just more of it because outrage draws ratings? Hmm. There could be, maybe they're just covering these stories more. You know, I wasn't around in the sixties and seventies. You know, I wasn't, I think I was alive for the Rodney king riots but i don't remember them like was i wasn't watching, the news, ch- I was was the, watching
1: the news as a i wasn't watching the news
2: that
1: was the 90s yeah, <laughs> it's- yeah. God, so i, I was
2: around I but i don't remember that you know i was like so i don't i don't have anything to compare it to and that's <sighs> the way i think it is with a lot of people where this is kind of the first time we've seen massive civil unrest across the country um, coming from, you know, a few different places, you know, you have the Black Lives Matter crowd, and then you have like the Antifa crowd, and they've, they somehow merge into one. And then you also have like the crazy liberal college professors that are trying to sh- shut down their students' thoughts, which is like, wow, wow, you're a terrible teacher if you're trying to stop your right. student from thinking.
1: It's not um, really teaching when you're doing that.
2: Right. that's just indoctrination right. and brainwashing. Um, so I think there is more of it going on um, just because um,
1: I wonder, here's what you I have
2: wonder. to, you have to kind of like go back to the sixties and see where a lot of these people started. Like a lot of the people who are now at are teaching as college professors, they were the radicals of the sixties and they've now they're now they're teaching the kids and we're on like the third round of them. And it's like, okay, well, the snowball started off small, where it's just a handful of kind of doofy people from the left, you know, but they're just college professors. No one really pays attention to them. And who goes to college anyway? Right now, that tiny little snowball is like about to roll over the country and roll all over the constitution. And people are so afraid of it that they won't stand up for the things they do believe in. They're afraid of getting canceled. Um, they're afraid of getting kicked off social media or being fired from their job. And I think there were there were polls taken recently where they asked college kids, um, do you feel safe expressing your political opinions on campus? And I think like 20% of Republican students said yes. And 80% of Democrat students said yes. Well, so I wonder if it's, perception I, is a bit of reality. And um, if people are perceiving this kind of thing going on more and more frequently, then um, I'd have to say, well, it, there, we're not all just like, you know, I'm not making up stories. Right. I see all these stories, they are real. And the left has taken over powerful institutions that used to have some sort of principles that they stood by, like the ACLU
1: or the state of California. I, I wonder, as part of that, uh, and, and you know, I'm a certified naval instructor myself, and so I see a decline in the methodology of teaching. Um, I, I've told people this before. I went to seminary in 91, 92, when Tim was very young and didn't remember anything. Um, 92, yeah, 92. Um, and even then i was at a very conservative cemetery, seminary not a cemetery cuz then i would have been very dead. conservative
2: cemetery right
1: then i would have been dead but seminary and even there the the emphasis on teaching was very inductive reasoning and man that's I, I, gone yeah no i mean but but that's not the way people think they don't think deductively they think inductively here's what i think and then they go find out why they think that well you know, I, I, I fear, and and because Ben being in remote teaching now, I'm seeing a little bit more of it. They, they're starting with their conclusion and then building their case around that. This isn't a court of law. You're not trying to convict a murderer here. You're trying to teach people to think. And inductive reasoning doesn't teach people to think. It teaches them to assume. And I'm wondering, I'm kind of wondering... You know, I don't want to go to college, but I'd kind of like to just to just to sit around for a while and see how they're teaching people to think critically about things, to consider them. And I, and I, I got a feeling that that's part of the problem because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it everywhere.
2: They're teaching people what to think, but not how to think.
0: Yeah.
2: And... Um, I mean, there's obviously a, a huge difference because if you're taught how to think, then you'll probably change your mind about a lot of different things just over the course of life.
1: You have to, you know, it's the scientific because method.
2: because as you accept new information, then well, I mean, what else are you supposed to do if you're getting new information that's contrary to your beliefs? You well, you change your
1: opinion. No, to, no, to, you you it, you change your your reality so that you can believe whatever this is. This is what we're teaching people today.
2: uh, Well, yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, this is kind of like a bizarre example, but it's like, well, I think I'm a woman. Huh? Well, this is wrong. (laughs) And I was like, no, 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 no. Your thoughts are wrong. You're, you're my, if I were actually assuming that I was a woman, then, you know, it'd be like, well, I would just be wrong. It's, you don't change reality to fit what you think you change what you think to fit reality. Um, at least that's the way I try to do it, you know, and I, I try. Oh, Lord, how I try well,
1: the reality to not, jump, to
2: not jump the gun on any of the different shooting stories. Well,
1: and that's for another day because we. <laughs> right. <laughs> the,
2: but, but, the every, is- but every single time, no matter what I it's like, if everyone else did that. Or they waited until they had the facts. They didn't jump to conclusions. Or even if they do jump to conclusions, once they learn the facts, they change their minds. No, not gonna happen. It might be something that Crankshaw should try to do. Is that maybe on first impression you see this short clip of this video of Nick Sandman and you say, "Wow, that looks like some like white little punk," and but upon reviewing the entire video, you should obviously change your opinion about Nick Sandman. And people on the left do don't do that. No. They just, um, it's like, okay, if, if you and I are going to have a conversation about the color of grass, I say it's green. And you say, no, Tim, grass is red. And I say, well, no, here's a picture of grass. And you say, right, that's red. How do we, That's we can't have a conversation I mean, much less a debate if we can't even agree on the facts of whatever we're talking about.
1: No, and that's part of the problem. But the, the relevant fact here is that Nick Sandman is going to Transylvania University. And well, it has congratulations upset, to him. It has upset one Samuel Crankshaw because he thinks uh. that he's a provocateur in <laughs> training. It's Rodbo's Beer of the Week.
0: Well, Dave, this week's Beer of the Week is brought to us by Strike Brewing Company out of San Jose, and it is called the Screaming Hand Red IPA. Yes, you heard that correctly, Screaming Hand Red IPA. It's actually an Imperial Amber Ale, and it tastes really, really good. I'm not a big IPA guy, you know that. But uh, as far as it goes, the Red IPA has about 7.5 alcohol, uh, and it is not too bad. So I would highly endorse this if you can get it somewhere. Our local grocery store had it. Uh, But uh, I'm sure you could probably request it at a BevMo or something like that. So there you go. Rodbo's Beer of the Week.
1: And now it is time once more for Dave's Historical Rabbit Hole of the Week. Brought to you by Bumble Nugget, Colorado. On scenic U.S. 160 on the banks of the San Juan River, home of Dave's Dead Horse Farm. Open weekdays and Sundays after church. So a few months ago, Tim, and, and you may not know this, Rod knows this, I bought a subscription to newspapers.com.
2: I, I remember you saying it earlier in the show. Right.
1: about the time I was paying attention. <laughs> about the time I lost my my job because I didn't have anything else to do. so so let's uh, let's let's get this and and let me tell you, it is a time suck, especially for someone like me. But at the same time, mm-hmm. it's pretty interesting. And we've been talking a lot about media and how media influences things and how media drives what people think. We have a, a news babe on the, the local TV here who runs a regular commercial about her show on Sundays called The Divide, where she talks about media has a responsibility not to to inform or to inform people not to, you know, tell them what to think and that's what we try to do on the divide and blah 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 and i will give her credit over over the last probably 4 months since the uh, since the chop thing started in seattle she has <laughs> gone from she has gone from hard left to middle left okay so it, it's been okay. entertaining to watch but I was I was reading the other day about this, and and people think that the media, people think this is all new, that the media influencing people is all new, that this just no, started. Yeah. Well, I, I came across a paper, the Seattle Star, which doesn't exist anymore. And the front page of the newspaper that day was a headline about the Treaty of Versailles. An article on the right about, I don't know, some girl that had done something. An article on the left about, you know, the Treaty of Versailles and the arguments. And the entire center section of it was what you would normally call the opinion column, the paper's opinion column. Uh-huh. But it wasn't really an opinion column. It was presented like news. And it was mm. all about how our senator is, needs to go. And that in and of itself is interesting enough, but because here it is, the front page, I mean, they're not even pretending to be neutral. They're not even pretending to say, here's both sides of the issue and blah, blah, blah. And what's the issue, you may be asking? Well, back in 1915, the Germans, the Huns, the bad guys, quote unquote, sank the, the SS Lusitania. You may have heard of this. I've heard of that, yeah. So this ship that was similar to the Titanic sank in like seven minutes off the coast of Ireland. Thousands, a thousand people or so died. 128 of them happened to be Americans. Now this is the ship that the Germans put an ad in the paper the day before it sailed from New York saying, don't get on this ship. We're going to sink it.
2: Whoops. No okay. one got that memo.
1: Well, I mean, it was in the New York times. It was like on the front page and, You know, look, this ship is sailing into an area, uh, an exclusion zone. We're going to sink it if we can, so don't get on this ship. Anyway, of course, 128 Americans died in this whole thing, including some famous uh, uh, theater producers and the likes of that, who, for some reason, in the middle of a world war, were going to London to review the latest plays to see what they could bring back to America. So from that point... Celebrities have
2: always been out of touch, is what you're saying.
1: Pretty much, yeah. So Wilson, President Wilson, his, his response to this is he wants to arm American merchant ships because German U-boats, having declared unrestricted submarine warfare, are starting to accidentally hit American ships. And we don't like this because we are selling, Tim, billions of dollars worth of war supplies to the French and the British, but not those dirty Germans. We're not selling them nothing. Right, even though, mm-hmm. even though the blockade is illegal under international law. They can't do that. So the British and the French are relying on us selling this stuff. So we're sending ships left and right over there with all this war material stuff. Wilson wants to put guns on them to keep the German U-boats from sinking them. And mm-hmm. a bunch of Republican senators, led by a guy by the name of La Folliette, that should be a familiar name to you from where you're from, Wisconsin. Oh, the, yes. The Real we American have streets
2: group. named after yeah. him and all sorts of stuff.
1: He was one of the leading anti-war Republicans of that day. In fact, he was one of the few Republicans. He tried to filibuster Wilson's declaration of war in 1917. But he was joined by Jones, our senator here, in refusing to allow the president to allow guns to arm the merchant ships, this armed neutrality idea that he had, which was really nothing short of, undeclared war okay so he was again that this newspaper the seattle star was still upset about that three years later when they were bitching about him blocking the treaty of versailles helping to block the treaty of versailles they're still mad about the the, the arm thing after the, a year after the war is over they're still calling for this guy to be thrown out okay now what makes this weird to me is that, of course, Senator Jones was the guy who passed the 1920 um, Cargo Act in the United States. You, there, there's a name for it. I for, I'm drawing a blank on the name right now, but it's still in effect today. The Jones Act, which requires oh, sure. requires American flagged ships to carry American flag cargo specifically to Alaska. I don't know if you knew mm-hmm. that or not. You can't. You can't send a British flag or Liberian flag tanker to Alaska. It has to be American flagged.
2: Right. I think that's the same way with uh, with Puerto Rico as well, yeah. where a, a ship has to come to Florida, unload all its stuff. The stuff has to be put back onto an American ship and then taken to Puerto Rico. Yeah.
1: This all goes back drives to 1920.
2: Up the cost of everything, but right. okay.
1: This goes back to 1920 to this Jones guy who was from Seattle. Mm-hmm. Well, from Yakima, but he lived in Seattle. And his whole point was that Seattle was the port that you shipped stuff to Alaska from. And two. So, so basically, he was uh, making a lot of money for Seattle while this newspaper is calling for his ouster because he was preventing or trying to prevent war. He was voting against going to war. You follow me here? He didn't want... He was he was with La Folliette and not wanting America well, to go into World uh-huh. War I Because Sure. Well, because basically we oh, were going wow. in there to secure our investment of billions of dollars in loans to the British and French, but not those dirty huns. We don't want them to get nothing. Okay? Right. Cause they're the bad guys. The, 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 kicker in all this for me, and the weird part for me, this was, was the Seattle star What's was, that? was famous for being a, what we would call today a liberal progressive hardline, progressive liberal left paper.
2: Ah, and even back in the back in the day, they were actually pro-war, or at least well, they were
1: anti-Jones. Well, exactly, they were very pro-Wilson, who was very progressive, mm. but also saw himself as the you know arsenal of democracy or whatever. And so, people who were anti-World War One, who were anti-war, who were pro-German, including you know the what were there like thirty million German citizens in America that day. Um, they needed to be shut up. They needed to be, they needed to be told that they are agent provocateurs. And if they didn't shut up, we were going to exercise our first amendment to tell them to be quiet because we don't want to hear from <laughs> them. And that was a hundred years ago.
2: That is interesting. I mean, you you made a, a statement right before you told that story where we think that the media trying to, I don't know, manipulate is the right word. Um, but, Push their own views on their readers or their viewers nowadays is not a new thing, and um, I think maybe in the past it was more hidden. Maybe that was the way it was. Where, I don't think it
1: was hidden at all. I mean, well, I, I think perhaps the not was with the
2: not with the Seattle Star, but well, ABC and NBC, oh, I think a lot of people, yeah, or television. even CNN, up you know, people thought that CNN. Well, MSNBC is left, Fox News is right, but CNN most people just kind of felt like they were down the middle. I mean, they've gone full lefty at this point, but there was a time when people at least perceived them as there's some left, some right, but there's also a lot of ones in the middle where they're just going to tell you the facts and they're not going to try to spin the news. And um, so maybe it it hasn't changed so much, but they're just more open about it. Do you know why that's funny um, to me? Why is that?
1: Because I remember a time when... There only was CNN. There wasn't any.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they were the original cable news channel. Yeah. You
1: know, Bernard Shaw and uh, in the first Gulf War, man. That was, that was mandatory watching for us when I was in those days. So that's where they So there you go. That is my historical rabbit hole of the week. I will tell you that I had another one prepared for today. But since Rod's not, see, Rod is from the Central Valley and we've got one that's related to the Central Valley that we can't wait to get into next week. So when, oh, Rod, okay. when Rod is back from his top secret mission.
2: Do you actually not know where he is?
1: I really don't. He, he didn't. He, oh. he, he probably told me. I mean, I could probably go back. to. Here's the thing, Tim, is I'm, uh, I'm what you call a skim reader. I, I look for the basic facts of something. So he probably started the same started, way. He probably started this text with "I can't be there next week," and then tried to explain it. And I just kind of I, said, I just, "Okay, yeah." It was, it was like, oh, "Okay." And we originally weren't going to do this, and then you had texted me and said, uh, "Yeah,
2: let's do a podcast together again." Right? Because we've done that.
1: We, we've done that in the past, and so I thought, "Well, why don't we just do DNR with with him?" And then yeah. I'll have Rod send me his beer of the week because Rod's a beer snob, and um, and then we'll make Although fun. he
2: made that he made that beer sound really good. I'm gonna to have to read it. You didn't catch the part where he said he doesn't like time. IPAs.
1: He does not like IPAs.
2: I know. Which so. is good for me because I don't like IPAs either. And it's like, well, he doesn't like IPAs. So at least we're coming, we have that in common. So his recommendation might be a good recommendation for something that I might like.
1: All right, see, I'm assuming so. it's Scotsman propaganda, which won't mean anything to you, but because the Scotsman, the guy you used to be on a show with called the Ale of Angels, loves IPAs. And taught, taught Rodbo everything he knows about beer. So I'm assuming uh, I'm assuming that it's just propaganda. Because I, I know Rodbo's not drinking beers right now because of his health. So, I don't hmm. know. Speaking of rabbit holes getting getting deeper. Do you even watch TV? I, I, we have a segment called The Binge where we tell everybody what we've been watching. This has been a coronavirus-related thing because of the lockdown. Oh,
2: I, sure, I, sure. Do, do I watch TV? watch TV? I do. Um, I mean, not, uh, yeah, not yes, dingy. but I don't really, I okay, don't really me, like, let I let haven't binge watching shows me, recently or it's, I you know, know I you use all watch. the free channels,
1: right.
2: All the free channels. So like when the I got Pluto, home wow. today, before we started recording, I watched the first few minutes of the enforcer, uh, with Clint Eastwood.
1: Right. I love that. I love that. One of the, I love that one of the later
2: Dirty Harry movies, right. you know. So I
1: love the Pluto app because they have the they have both the Jimmy Carson, Johnny Carson, Jimmy Carson, Johnny Carson show channel, and they have the Carol yep. Burnett show now. And so I don't I, think I've seen that yet. Yeah, that's oh, God, but, I. God, I can. don't. I don't watch, I don't that watch that it
2: every day, but yeah, I, I flip through. And I mean,
1: Well, I'll tell you, I know news, what you do. watch. no. So I, know I, I watch some,
2: watch it. but it's it's always just like on demand and random, and it's right. just what I'm feeling like. I don't have any regular go to weekly show that I watch, or and I don't have anything that I'm waiting until it comes out. So,
1: so yeah. did you watch the game last night?
2: I did, I did. I don't have cable, but you know, there's ways. You don't to need get a cable. Anything you don't need cable, you know, and you don't need the NFL Network. Nope. And I actually I tried to do the the honest way last year when I was still, I was living the same house and they said, well, you can't get this uh, NFL Sunday pass unless you have direct TV.
1: Right. Which is, and,
2: and, and then also direct TV is not available in your area.
1: <laughs> Why wow, you, you guys don't have a, you know, guys don't face South or something
2: or I, I don't know what because it, It's like, wasn't it satellite? How is it yeah. not available in my area? So I'm just like, okay, well, fine. I was going to pay, you know, um, but they didn't want my money. So mm. I will steal it from, you know, one of those streamers. But I did watch the game last night. Um, I, I, I am convinced. Well, I, huh? I was on the phone most of the time while the game was on. So I, I wasn't paying super close attention to it. Uh, but
1: um turned it off in the third quarter to go watch the Dodger game. I am convinced that the NFL's problem is not Black Lives Matter. It's not social justice issues, not kneeling for the flag. It's not, none of that is their problem. Their problem is their product sucks. It's football today is just bad.
2: It's, it's, they've wussed it down so much that it's kind of lost some of the stuff that everyone really liked about it. They said, well, we want to protect guys from getting concussions. And it's like, well, hard hits were one of the reasons why people liked it. Time out. Time out.
1: The previous comment is under review. What the previous comment is under review. Previous comment, right? Which so one? to comment? Just like the NFL, we're going to sit here for the next seven minutes, oh, watching yes. every angle yeah, the... replay of this, and then we're going right. to say the replay is inconclusive. Tim's comment is allowed.
2: Right now, it's that's a big you know annoyance with people too is you know when you're throwing flags every other play, um, then it's it slows the game down. Like no one can get into it because as soon as you're like, oh, this is this is great, then it's like pause.
1: <laughs> they still can't get it right. How many cameras then, they got
2: on this stuff? They still oh, can't they have get the call. A, infinite cameras on the stuff, and they watch. It's like, oh, you know, what should be how long are quarters? Fifteen minutes, right? Yes. So it should be an hour long game. We'll have a few timeouts in there. We'll have a halftime. Let's call it an hour and a half. These games are sometimes going like three hours, right? For a game that should t- take an hour,
1: but what are they filling that long. all with?
2: Horrible halftime shows, a horrible like, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you saw the their little kickoff ceremony yeah. or before the kickoff, the pregame ceremony. Oh lord! Although I I can say that this is one thing that I really like now. This is actually the only thing I can say positive about Kansas City. And Kansas City Chiefs fans, thank you for booing during that ridiculous, you know, United, you know, arms locking moment. I was just like, am I hearing booing? Have you seen the media about that? They wouldn't,
1: they oh, wouldn't keep that into the
2: into the stadium. Yeah.
1: Oh, they're being so they're being pummeled in the media for that. How dare these rednecks boo these these oh. these athletes for showing their unity together? Right. It's like you guys are supposed to hate
2: each other. You're on different teams. Uh, Here you are locking arms. And there was one guy, I think it was on the Houston Texans, and on the back of his helmet it said, end hate. It's like, no one hates you. Everybody loves you guys. Quit (laughs) acting like the world hates you.
1: It's like
2: the people who know who you are, pretty much all of them love you. And everyone else just doesn't know who you are, but they certainly don't hate you. You need to end hate who hates hmm. I, I, I mean I used to be a guy that had he me, hate me.
1: <laughs> used to be a guy that had he hate me on the back of his jersey in the NFL, in the XFL
2: XFL yeah in yeah. oh, the good me. old days <laughs> um, that thing folded because they tried it again yeah, it and it didn't work out and I wonder if it if it could have kept going a full season and maybe a second season mm-hmm. if it weren't for coronavirus
1: I you don't know, I think we'll so but now. they were having problems anyway so So there you go. Well, Tim, uh, it's been good to have you here. Rod will be back next week. That doesn't mean Tim is going to go away. You can always listen to Tim at his website. Go ahead and tell everybody where they can get your show.
2: Uh, They can follow me across social media on facebook.com slash Preuss Podcast. It's spelled P-R-E-U-S-S Podcast. And on Instagram and on Twitter. But I would always tell people the easiest way to find me is just to go to Google and type in Tim and then my last name. I'll pop up. I think there's also a, a professor from Concordia University who comes up. That's not me. I'm not yeah. that smart um, or that crazy. I don't know him. I don't want to get sued now. Maybe I'm offending him.
1: That's the problem I have is that Dave Bowman.
2: That's, that's got to be a common name.
1: Is, a, it's a very common name. And B, it's also the name of the main character from 2001, Space Odyssey, mm. who yeah. someone back in the eighth grade bothered to figure out was the same age as me. So basically, I've spent my entire life being uh, Dave Bowman, the astronaut, and I never got to be an astronaut.
2: Ah, you missed your calling.
1: Well, as it turns you out,
2: you kind of did the opposite, actually. Instead it, of going up into space, you went down into the water with it.
1: I did. And you were a submariner. And I had loved it. And I would go back tomorrow if they would take me, but they won't because I'm old and <laughs> broken.
2: And they have standards, don't you know? And quotas. Yeah, that's the if, you, if you change your gender tomorrow, they might let you in to meet their quota.
1: I went back and saw the boat. We, we, two years ago, we had a reunion of the crew from the 80s, which was, again, before you were born. Um, but we, we went and visited one of our sister ships, the USS Kentucky, which is where Transylvania University is, which is where Nick Sandman is going to go to school, upsetting Samuel Crankshaft. Okay. That's that's the, that's the link here. So we went back and saw the Kentucky, which is our sister ship. She's, she's exactly the same as us, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Except she's like 40% smaller than we were. Like the ceilings were a lot lower? No, those hatches were a lot thinner <laughs> than they used to be. Those hatches used to be huge. And now it's like, oh man, how the hell am I going to get down this?
2: That's, that's, so it's that's the skinny sister.
1: Yes, much smaller yeah. than our boat. Our boat was big and comfortable, this one <laughs> And on that note, I'm Dave. That's where you say I'm Rod, except for you're Tim, so you say I'm Tim. Oh, I'm yeah, Rod. he's I'm I'm Dave. I'm Tim. And this has been. Do not resuscitate. See you next week, everybody.